So, Yom Tov of Shavuos, Zman Matan Teiraseinu is around the corner. Right now is the last Seder before uh, Yom Tov. So, uh, of course, as Koyal uh, Yengalait, there should be a special connection to this time, to this uh, Yom Tov, since all of our uh, activity, all of our energy is uh, invested in learning. Now, punkt, uh, in the last few days, happens that uh, you might have seen the following headline. The certain politician in Israel in the, car, the current coalition was quoted as saying, Koyalingalite, you know these Koyalingalite, they, uh, they come in the morning, they eat a sandwich, they drink some coffee, they talk politics, then they, uh, they open uh, the books for a bit and uh, they go home. Anybody here identify with that? No, it's unheard of in this Kailo. But, no, we don't necessarily have to react to every uh, item and to every headline. It's upsetting to see that uh, everything has to become politicized, which is tied into how things work generally there without, I don't know, I can get into that. But the point in the last few days was suggested to me that maybe, maybe we should respond in some way. So I thought, oh, maybe, this, maybe we can respond in sheer form, in the form of a sheer. Because um, if we're already responding, it's more appropriate to respond in a terodegaifin and not uh, in a political fashion. And anyway, if we did, then we'll kind of prove him right. Because we would be talking politics. So let's, let's respond the way we, uh, you know, the way we... We work, and let's uh, address this from a Torah perspective. This is also connected, of course, to Ilkhas Tamatayra, which we've been learning at Rambam very recently, the last few days. So I thought we'll talk about the Rambam's famous shitta against being supported for learning. I already mentioned it, I already alluded to it recently, we were talking about the Rashbats and the Anusim, and I mentioned that I was in the context of Rashbats' life story, that... It was in this context of defending, explaining why he ended up getting paid to be a Rav in North Africa. And I said, maybe this is uh, worthy of a shear of its own, and here now it worked out. Um, and hopefully from uh, reviewing this Indian, we'll, have, we'll know what the response is to obviously, assuming we're not uh, sitting and drinking coffee, but uh, we're learning, we'll see what the response is to the argument that is it really appropriate for people to be paid to sit and learn. Now, it's a somewhat well-known topic, um, and it's especially uh, well-known because the way the Ramam writes it, Mamish sounds and looks like he's almost reacting to the way things are today. It's, uh, as we'll see, it's written very critically, very uh, biting fashion. But I don't know if it's such a bavusta sugi and chabad, because the truth is we don't actually have the kail framework in the sense that most other communities have it, especially in Eretz Yisrael. I even saw somebody blamed chabad for this whole episode. That, oh, he must have heard the, the shprach from chabad. It's all our fault somehow. But uh, so it's kedai. We should also be familiar though with the sugya, and uh, we'll have to keep it short. But uh, we'll see if we can reach any uh, insights in addition to seeing what the Rambam actually says. So we'll start with what we learned recently in Rambam, in the middle of Paragimel. The Rambam says, 
Not going to work. How's he going to live? Yisparnas manatzdaka. Hareza chilas Hashem. Ubiza satayra. Vekiba mer hadas. Vegadam rola atzmoi. Venatol chayev minoelam haba. Sounds like he doesn't like it. If I can tell what he's saying. So, very strong words, very harsh words in the Rambam. You're not enough from and such quoting lines from Perkayavis. And ultimately, this guy is going to be robbing people. This is, uh, it's not sustainable. Okay, so that's what it says in Nukhas Talmud Pretty sharp. If you look in his Pirish, the Perkayavis, Perk Dalad, where some of these Mishnayas are, goes at much greater length and even sharper in, in a deeply personal manner, essentially. Um, and of course, this, this type of discussion is based and built on looking through the, the picture of, we go through all the Chazals, what do Chazal have to say, how do they acknowledge this question. So that's essentially the nature of the discussion, like most in Yanam and Halacha. Um, for the purposes here, not that I'm reading the text, but I'm using Kapach's translation. So in the Mishnah, This is the Gersa here. So the Ramam says, you know, really, I didn't even want to talk about this Mishnah, because it's so clear, it's so obvious. The other reason not to talk about it would be, because I know that Rav Gudeli Atayra are not going to like what I'm about to say. Maybe it's literally just me that Amam says, and everyone else is going to dislike what I have to say. But I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to pay attention. I don't care. Not who came before me. Not who's around now. I'm going to say my piece. Ramam says, this Mishnah, using it as a shovel, whatever the appropriate tool is, you're sort of using it as a tool. So that means don't use it, don't think, oh, this is my uh, path to Parnassim. And it says, it explains, That's why you shouldn't uh, use it as a cardin, because if you do, you're in deep trouble. So, how could you argue with an offer a Mishnah? So people, they're blinded, the, the, the Mishnah is so clear, they ignore it, they threw it away. And they have pshatlach that they don't understand themselves. And uh, they've established power and rights for themselves. They, uh, there's a whole uh, system in place to take money from individuals and from kahilas. And uh, you have to pay a, a tire tax to the, the tire elite. And uh, they've fooled, they've lulled all, all of society into thinking that this is a good thing. And that's supposed to help Chachamim, Talmidim, people that are involved in Torah, Terasim, Umnasim. This is all a mistake, he says. There was no Yusoyed in Torah, nothing to stand on. If we follow the footsteps of the Chachamim, we'll see they never collected money from people. They never uh, had fundraisers and were collecting Nadavis for the big yeshivas, and not for the Rosh Galias, and not for the Dayanim, and not for the Rabbi Torah, and not for anybody else in that uh, ecosystem. If you look through Chazal, you'll see some of them didn't have Parnassah, some of them were very wealthy, but that was from their own Parnassah, from whatever uh, occupation they had. 
Khalila to say that that was simply because people were stingy and weren't donating? Absolutely not. If that person, those Chacham uh, that are described as being poor, if they had just stuck their hand out, surely they would have been showered in gold and jewels. But they didn't do it. Instead, they found a job, whether it was a good job or not. And they were loath to take from other people, because Torah says not to. It starts mentioning examples. We know Hillel, Hillel chopped wood, and he was learning in front of Shemayim Avtalia, and he was very poor, and we know how great he was. Considering how great he was, don't you think that if he would ask for money, people would have given him? They wouldn't have let him chop wood. Hanania ben Daisa, that's the name as he writes it. Hanania ben Daisa, Kolo Eilm Kule, and Enizin Ela Beshvil, Hanania beni. Yet Hanania himself eats a kav chaduv in the head of Shabbos, light of Shabbos, so we're all living in his merit, but he himself doesn't have what to live from. And he never asked anybody for anything. Karna was a dying in Eretz Yisrael, and he, was, he was, used to draw water. He was a shay of Mayim. And in Ksubis it says that when the people wanted to have a dintayda, he would say, either find someone to do my job for me, or pay me to stop working so I can hear you out. So that's the picture the Ram was trying to paint from looking through Chazal and seeing that all these Hanoim had occupations. They weren't living off of the, the public. And again, you can't say the Yidin then were just cruel and they weren't doing chesed. If that was the problem, you should have found Chazal condemning the people that are so stingy that are not supporting Torah. You would expect to find that. But you don't find that. They were chesidim, aminei ha-emes, l'shem ha-emes, maminim ba-shem And this is what Torah says. So they wouldn't permit themselves, they wouldn't allow themselves to take it. They saw it as a chil Hashem in the eyes of the public. If Torah is just another job, like any other job, it causes a zilzil. And that would be Dvar Hashem Biza. So all the people that deny this, they're just denying the truth, they're denying the obvious, and they're taking money from people, whether willingly or against their will. They found the mice in Chazal about people that took money. Those people in Chazal, they were invalids. They actually couldn't work, what the, or they were elderly. They, they were already at a stage where they couldn't work. If you attack have nothing, then uh, what should they do? Should they die? That's then Torah says it's fine. So you see this, he doesn't say the name, it's a Rulazah B'Rib Shimon, about Metziah, that there were sailors that thought their ship was going to capsize, they uh, pledged, they're going to give money to Shimon, uh, to Rulazah B'Rib Shimon, and the marriage should save them, they were saved, and they came and they gave him the money, and he said, oh, he accepted it. Oh, see, it sounds like he accepted it. No, he was a bomb mom, because we know from elsewhere in Gemara that Rulazah B'Rib Shimon had uh, health issues. But if you have the ability to earn a living, you would have no excuse. Because Rav Yasef used to uh, schlep heavy wood, heavy beams, and he would say, Oh wow, you get to work, and it gets, to, it gets your body warmed, so that's good. And that's what made him happy, that's what he uh, took comfort in. And he was happy with what he had. He says, oh, there's some fools that say, oh, it says in Brachas, Haretz you want to enjoy, you want to live off people, you could be like Elisha, you don't want to, you could be like Shmuel, Shmuel famously insisted on not taking anything, Elisha, we find, did take from people. There's no comparison, he says. It's complete, you're, you're, you're completely uh, being, you're being completely misleading. There's no room for mistake here. Elisha wasn't going around taking money from people. Certainly wasn't imposing and co- collecting money. Halila. He was accepting a kibbutz, which means that if he's traveling on the road 
and he needs a place to stay, and someone takes him in and gives him uh, COVID in that particular fashion and context, that's fine. And Shmuel didn't even do that. So that's what Chazal is saying. Huh? That's what Ram is saying. It's not, it doesn't mean Elisha took money. It means Elisha, we find that Elisha stayed in this one's house and that one's house. That type of thing. And Shmuel wouldn't even do that. So Chazal is saying, you want to accept, it's like Elisha, you could do that. When you're, when you're traveling. And uh, if you want to be like Shmuel and be extra for from even in this prat, so then that's also good. Because there are other Makaris that say, is not a good thing. shouldn't participate in, which we also covered in Rambam recently. Why should I even go on at length? And then he tells the story at great length of Reptarf. Uh, no, he's saying, I don't have to say anything. The stories speak for themselves. And he goes into Ariches, the Meister of Tarfin, that Tarfin uh, was suspected of being the robber, and he was uh, trapped in the, in the sack, and the guy was about to kill him, and finally he whispered something about Tarfin, and the guy chapsuch, oi, it's Tarfin, and then Tarfin felt so guilty that he had uh, used the uh, Torah to be saved. And Chazal says, so what should he have done? Chazal says, well, Tarfin was, was wealthy, so he should have just uh, pleaded, uh, I'll give you money if you, uh, you know, stop hurting me. You see here, Reb Tarfin uh, didn't even want to use his name that way. He regretted that he did. You have the other Maestra, Rabbi Noah was feeding people during a famine, and then the Yenis came, and he didn't want to say that he's a, a Talmud, so he said, uh, even if I'm a nobody, you should still uh, feed me. And Rabbi gave to him, and then Rabbi regretted that he gave to him, and Talmudim said, isn't that Rabbi Yenis Isn't he uh, one of your Talmudim? And he didn't want to have a no from Torah. So you see, these are the stories that the Ramam holds up as uh, example, examples of uh, paragons of what uh, Chazal have in mind. So these two stories, they silence everyone. They silence all debate. There's nothing left to debate. And the Ram concludes and says, the thing that Torah is matir is to give money to someone else as an investment. And that person is dealing with your investment for you. And then... So then that way he's supporting the Lamed in some sense, and then he gets Shar, and that's what Chazal mentioned, Matil Malai, Lakis Tamid Chacham. There it sounds like you're, you are giving the Tamid Chacham money. So Pshad Ezraam says that uh, it's in a financial uh, arrangement where you gave them money. Another thing you could do for Tamid Chacham is to give them preference. In the market, you sell a Tamid Chacham's Shaira first. Why? Why is that different? Because these are schuyas that Hashem gave them, just like the Kayin gets, Levi gets, not like the Torah doesn't hold of giving any matanas in any context, so if they do it in a Torah, away. And these two particular things are things that Sachrim might do with each other. Sachrim take each other's investments, and Sachrim sometimes uh, might uh, decide, hey, let's honor uh, so-and-so, let's uh, give him the first chance to sell. So a tamachacham could be treated like a chosh of a businessman. That's appropriate. Also, tamachacham are exempt from all kinds of debts and, and ob- financial obligations. Magbius, Arnunius, Misim, different taxes and collections. Even the head tax or a wall tax. And even if the tamachacham is very wealthy, he is exempt and he mentions... Not very often that he mentions his history. He says that Rabbana Yosef Halevi Zatzal, the Rimigash, as we know him, said in Spain, Paskin in Spain, that there was a guy, Tamachacham, that had vineyards, gardens, the Guinness of the Kromim, that were worth thousands of dinarim, but he's still exempt from, uh, from being collected from because he was a Tamachacham.
Even if uh, poor, poor people are paying it, and he's rich, he's rich, he's not paying it. That's a din, that's a tayridik din. Just like Kahanim don't have to pay a shekel. That's the Rambam. At, uh, at length in Pirisha Mishnais. Oh, as I mentioned before and last time, so the big bar plukta, the big response to the Rambam comes from the Rashbats, whose details we got into already last time. And as we'll see, he uh, casts a wider net. He uh, brings even more Amorya Chazal into the picture. It doesn't seem to directly uh, take on the Rambam, but it's very clear from the context that he's building a competing uh, case. So he begins by talking about, you could pay the Malamid, why can't you pay the Malamid money? So Chazal say, because the Malamid does something extra that he doesn't have to do, just like the Kehanim. They, uh, they do extra things for people and that could be the reason why they can, they can take uh, schar. Let's look at it into the Pratim right now. These are all their own sugas. Uh, the Dayan can take schar batala. Maybe talk a simile from that story with Karna that he said, you, you want me to paskin? You want me to hear your entitus? You have to pay me to take a break. But Bechlalos says in the Mishnah, lay kardim lachbarbam. So clearly, you know, see in Chazal, you're not supposed to stam, uh, live off Torah, take an off from Torah. Tam Chacham can have his Chayra sold first, he can be exempt from different taxes, etc. Here it quotes the Rambam, the Rambam brought the story from the Rimigash. The Chacham is allowed to stand up for himself, he's allowed to say, by the way, please don't collect from me, I'm a Talmud Chacham. Even though usually we say you shouldn't be praising yourself, allow someone else to do it. But uh, it says in Gemara Nadarim, You're allowed to say, I'm a I don't pay this tax. Tamu Chacham was also allowed to take gifts, presents from Balabatim. Because just like an Amoret, uh, a random person also takes Matanas. So Tamu Chacham shouldn't be different. So that's the pshat he says in Gebrachas, Haritz Lehanas, Yohanna Kalisha, who accepted the Achsanya from the Shunamis. It was a bit of a Chavadik Aifen. If you want to be Machmir, you can be Machmir like Shmuel. He took his Kishon uh, Beso, he took his uh, house along with him wherever he went. People want to invite him to their meal, they want to feel, oh, there's a Tamar Chacham at my meal. That's the, the celebrity that they want to have. That's also good. Reb Zayda used to eat by the Reish Galusa. That's not having Hanoah from Torah. That's Kvaydah Shal Torah. He's making a distinction between Neyus from Torah and Kvaydah Shal Torah. This is a distinction that he uses uh, throughout. Yeah, huh? He mentioned some of these, but we'll see that the Rajbat has a somewhat broader definition, as we'll see. Because... Uh, as we'll see, derech kavod. What? How do you define derech kavod? Uh, what do you consider to be kavod, or what do you not consider to be kavod? So, if you're mechabed chachamim with your money, you have a great schar, and if it was also for them to take it, so why would it be? Uh, why would we say, oh, so, so you got schar for being machti to the tamid chacham? It says, mahana tamid chacham in chasuv, falasus leprakmatia. So you see this idea of using your money to assist the tamid chacham. You see these memorial chazab, but being mahana tamat chacham from your possessions. Call him out to Malay, like his tamat chachamim. 
תמיד החכם מזרח וישב בישיבה של מיילה. המקרב דיירן לתלמוד חכם כאילו מקרב ביקורים. הרצל לנסח יין אגב במזבח, ימל לגרנם של תלמיד החכם עם יין, אמרנו חז"ל, להציב וווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
Tamachachim is greater than a Kohen Gadol Hanichnas Lefnayven Ufnim. And so it, uh, it says that Rabbi Bo saw that Rabbi Abba Dibin Akai, Bali Choyvis were going after him, and he said, actually, you know what? He's greater than me. You have a new Rav. Hire him as your Rav. So the context is, and he was an Anav, and he was an Asher, so he could afford to pass it over to him. But you see, he was helping him in a financial, uh, by the, the moment that he becomes the Rav, then his financial problems go away. And Gesech uh, Gittin mentions that there was a Shipura by Yehuda's place, and by Rabbah, and by Abai, and by Rava. What's up, Shipura? So he says it's a Shuvah from Rabbeinu Shirer Goin. That says a Shipura is a Shoifer. A Shoifer is a Pushka. So you see, there was a Pushka. And they were collecting money for the Yeshiva. You see this in Gemara. And that's how Rashi explains the Shoifer there as well. The famous Mice and Tainus, Rabbi Yechon and Ilfa. Ilfa went to do Shaira, Rabbi Yechon and stayed in Torah. In the end, Rabbi Yechon became the, the Rashi Shiva. Rashi writes, And that, then he had money. And then he was able to come back and tell Ilfa, you know, you thought you wanted money. If you just would have stuck it out, maybe you were even greater than me. Uh, this money could have been yours. Another Maise, and Amlil, and Yeshua, and he was criticizing, he was giving Musa to Gamliel. There are two Talmidim, Bayabasha, Rabbalazim, and Chisman, Yabiachim, and They can tell you how many drops of water there are in the ocean. They don't have what to eat. And uh, when Gamliel heard this, and he, they were on a ship, he got off the ship. Heshivim Baraish, Lispinus Mehat Sibur, as Rashi explains. Right? So the idea was, you should have known, you should be supporting Gamliel, you should be supporting the Ottoman Talmud Chacham, you should give them uh, an orphan to be Mispinus, that are covered Mehat Sibur. It brings more and more midrashim in this in this fashion. Is a tanchuma. He calls it yilamdeinu tanchuma tetzave. Someone was going to Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim they realized he's an adam gadol. They said toil chamishim zehuvim v'shevet slayer. Take fifty gold pieces and stay with us. And even the famous Mishnah in Perak Vav, the Brice of Kinyan Tayin and Perkayavus, Rabbi Ritzayin Choshetadir Imano will give you kasev v'zav. What did he say? I don't want to live in a place that's not a mockim Torah. That was his answer. He didn't say, oh, hey, it's the mouth to take the money. Sounds like it was normal. It was okay. The money part wasn't the red flag here. So, call Elo Amaisim Nira, that Adam Chashev, and that Tzibur needs him. He could take the money. That's covered Taira, and it's not Hanayas Medivri Taira. Shazau Kvayda Shal Taira. Enoi Mishtamesh Bah, Avalhu Mishamesh Oisa. That's his phrasing here. I, all the other ones, at the end, I, what about all the Tanoim that did have jobs? That was Medakech Siddis, or before they made it big. Doesn't say clearly here, but maybe uh, elsewhere, the hill, Mice of Hill, that he was a wood, uh, woodcutter. The whole Mice is that he was a small Tama, they didn't let him in, he was actually starting out. Ramam is bringing how Hill was considered so great later. Who says he was still a woodcutter? Doesn't say that. So Rashbats would argue that it's Pumfakert. But there's no Isra. And then he gets to the biographical part that I quoted last time, we don't have time to repeat it again, that he ultimately started off with a job in Spain, but then in North Africa there was no job, he lost all his money, so that's why he was Matir, and all the G'dayim reform already did it, and he wrote a tshuva about it, the tshuvas are printed in Tashbates, and uh, that's that. We don't have time to get into the tshuvas here. Of course, the discussion continued afterwards, the Kesef mission over here, Tafke reacts to the Rambam, People point out that's unusual. Usually the Kesef Mishnah is here to Namzuchan for the Rambam. Here he uh, tackles the Rambam. 
And Bedarach Klal, when you look around, when people talk about this, so usually the way it's presented is, is that based on all the other Paiskim, and based on what we've seen, it's been done for over a thousand years, etc. So that's it. The Rambam said what he said. No. We have, uh, we've, we, we do otherwise. That's it. The question to me is if there's still any room left within the Rambam itself to understand that maybe it depends on the situation, and it's not completely... A no, completely negative. I don't think I'm the first one to suggest this, but this is my thought process uh, in going into this year. So first I was thinking to myself, what about Yisrochar Zvulun? It doesn't seem like the Rambam, not the, the Rashbat, at least here in Perkayavis, although the Tshuva, he does seem to mention, it doesn't, they, don't mention they didn't mention in what we covered so far. I talked to Saud as a Sefer, came out a few years ago, Der HaMalach from someone, he's going through this Indian, Quotes the Rambam later in Paragimolapachlam. He asks, before you told me that the, the second you're living off Torah, you're, you're evil. Now you're telling me, to be So, what, where's the middle? What's the middle ground? I see, he quotes this one. He quotes the Igris Meisha, the famous, famous Igris Meisha that people talk, quote when they talk about this. Meisha said that the Rambam's whole vart was only, the Rambam says, one of the places that work for a few hours, and when you finish working, then you'll be able to learn Torah. So if that works for you, but if either you can't work for that amount of time and still live off it, or you can't learn enough Torah that you need to learn if you're working. So Meisha says, even the Rambam would be made that it's probably okay. The Sefer says, a little shver to say that in the Rambam, Iker Chasim and Sefer. So then he says, oh, maybe Yisach and Zvulun. Gets into the whole Yisach and Zvulun arrangement. It's a topic that I touched on when we spoke at the, the Kail had a dinner in El. So I touched on uh, some of the uh, discussion in Halacha about this. But then he, even he is made at the end that, okay, the Rambam doesn't mention Yisach and Zvulun anywhere in uh, Mishnah Torah. So it sounds like maybe the Rambam didn't hold of that either. Then he goes on. Then I saw that in the, there's a Yarchon HaOtsar, Oitzar HaChachma, has a forum, and people on the forum have a, a publication they put out every month or so. Their, uh, their essays, their writing. So someone, a year or two ago, wrote a whole article about Yisachar Zvon, really breaking it down, every shit and how the idea developed from generation to generation, a very, very in-detail article. I think I looked at it and used it a little bit in preparation before I spoke at that dinner. And he actually has a section there talking about the Tashbits, because the Tashbits and the Tshuva does talk about it a little bit. So he, he points out, he says, that uh, he's, told, he's focusing on Yisachar Zvon, he points out that Ram doesn't mention it. And he points out that, what, what did we say in the Pirush Mishnah? He said, This investment arrangement. So, Zaktai, it almost sounds like that that's L'chayra, the Ram's Havana, in Yisrach and Zvon. Yisrach and Zvon isn't Stam uh, giving money. You have to have a Karen, you have to have your own money, your own seed money, and then the other person works with it. And that, of course, stems with the famous question, not the famous question, but it's an obvious question, if you know the Ramam's biography, so we know that originally the Ramam had a brother. And the brother ran the family business. And the Ramam didn't work. And then the brother was at sea, and he drowned. This is a letter the Ramam writes to Biafas Hadai, and it's printed in Igris Rambam. And he describes uh, how devastated, how distraught he was when this happened, that his brother drowned at sea, lost the whole family fortune, 
And then he had to go go to work. You know what's pshat? So, Kanere Musman Zagan that uh, the Rambam held that no, this is the family money, this is the family fortune. He's handling the finances, but it's my money as well. The question is, even this doesn't really get stated clearly in Mishnah Torah. He mentions it in Pirushah Mishnayos, as we said. So that's that would seemingly be what the Rambam has to say about Yisachar and Zvon. Now, really, if we had the time, it would be Gashmak maybe to go through the Rambam and the Rashbats and really be mad. There's many different Eifane Hano over here, many different scenarios and situations, and Eifanim, and how you're getting Hano from, from Torah. It would be interesting to be mad to them and to go through the Chilukim. But just going through the Pesha Mishnah is just not going into the Shir. So, even though he uses words and language of Nenimidiv Eitaira, which makes it sound like it's a problem, but between the lines, it sounds more like the Rambam's real problem is Chil Hashem. That there's something just very not b'chavadik about the situation as he saw it, as he witnessed it, and this was something that he was reacting to. The way the Chachamim are taking, or the way they're imposing on them, on them and the way Torah ends up being viewed as just another job. So it sounds like maybe there is a little room to say that it's not so bad, Be'atzim. And maybe because, as we see, he was reacting to something, so maybe he was going to the other extreme a little bit, but really, there is room somewhere in the middle for it to be okay. And if it's done, Takif, objectively, we would say it's Bechavadik, like the Rashbat said, if the equivalent scenario, you would do it even for a Naratam Chacham, right? Then I'm limited only to investing and, and selling Schayra first. But let's expand that a little bit. Maybe there are other things where everyone would agree that it's pretty Bechavadik. How will the Rambam explain all the other Chazals that uh, the Rashbats found? Just give me uh, two more minutes. Kavit Shvos. Um, we don't really have time for this. Interestingly, uh, today you have people that are known as Rambamistin, right? People that uh, there's different levels and dimensions to it, but in part it's they take issue with how halacha or Haredi culture has developed, and they want to return to the Rambam's uh, psak, the Rambam shita, the Rambam's hashkafa. One of the big names is uh, Rav Kapach from Taimon, belonged to a small sect in Taimon that. Rejected uh, Kabbalah and Pnimia Satayra and very much sticking to the Rambam and, and Allah Pratim. So you'd expect, and they don't seem to get along with Haredim so well either, you'd expect that uh, they would be uh, trumpeting this Rambam. But uh, there's a book that came out, Mr. Ali Yosef, sort of. Uh, so a volume, number of volumes have come out in, in memory of, uh, in, in, in honor of Yosef Kapach's uh, heritage. So, Mr. Yosef Chalik Zayin is a lengthy piece there about uh, what they did in Taman. And towards the end, he says that Rav Kapach would, uh, would tell you that, uh, look, look at uh, universities, look at professors, scholars, society as we know it today, is mechabed uh, scholars in their field. And you do get uh, full financial support or partial financial support. So you see that it is a, a covet in society. So why should Torah be any different? They bring a shayla, someone asked him a Tavshin Samach towards the end of his life. Uh, Aram says in, in Hilchas Talmatayra, but the, the, the Tash of the Rashbats in the case of Mishnah, say for Kurt, can Tamidi Yeshiva uh, get stuck? So he, 
what you take from Yeshiva, that's not connected to the Rambam. There, the Loimit is Mamish imposing a tax on Balabatim, or the Reish Kailal is doing, but if the Medina, the Misrata Datot, is, is giving money, and they're giving it to those who study all kinds of things, so no different. So interesting that that was actually his take on it. One more minute. So I would say, Lamaskana, that I, I, see, I would see room to argue that Lamashla Kerli and Raman. Ram was talking about someone maybe who uh, long term, his, his plan for life is I'm not going to do anything else which is the criticism you hear about other communities, which is not something that we actually do Befrat, um, Yeshiva Bacher everyone seems to agree that Yeshiva Bacher is not at a stage yet where he's uh, making money and Ram describes when you get married you should already have a job and property and a house that's not how, that's not how we're operating over here so just like a Yeshiva Bacher is not working yet so a younger man a few years before he starts working why should that be any different than Marshall? as long as it's done in a Bechavadika way and especially if it's Yisachar Zvulandika way even if that's not quite how the Rambam presented it but uh, if that's how the person really feels and it's uh, coming from the Zvulan not from the Yisachar the Yisachar didn't go around uh, so maybe it's not okay um, so the Maskana either like we said plenty of priests can just say that we don't go with the Rambam but even if the Rambam it's done properly and there's no uh, the Makatar again can't say oh you're coming and drinking coffee and you're talking politics you're talking sitting and learning so Zichar is it's, it's a Gavad Gazach, and that's the Kveda Shal Teira Kabbalah Shal Teira B'Simchu B'Pnimius